I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Hello and welcome to the MVP show. Today we have Thomas all the way from Poland, uh, Warsaw, Poland, uh, talking to us about his experience in running online events with the COVID-19 situation. He's got some brilliant ideas around uh, off the back of a SharePoint Saturday he, event he just ran, which was totally virtualized. And lessons learned, tools to use are all discussed on the show as well as him becoming an MVP. Full show notes can be found at nz365guy.com forward slash 203. Now let's get on with the show. Thomas, welcome to the MVP show. Hey, hello, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you for the invitation. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to this because I don't know, I don't know if I've ever recorded, I have recorded, I think, one podcast with somebody from Poland before. Now, is Poland your home country? Yes, Poland is my home country and my capital, I mean, Warsaw, Polish capital, is, is my hometown. Wow. Okay, so tell me, you know, when I was, I was living in London last year and I traveled a lot of Europe and Poland was one of those places I just didn't get to and I really want to go to Poland. What uh, what do you recommend as the places I should uh, see or things I should do in Poland? Well, that's a quite hard question because Poland is spread from mountains to the sea. So there are a lot of monuments, a lot of uh, places that you should go and see once you visit Poland for the first time. But for the, for the maybe the first trip that you are taking in Poland, well, you should obviously go to, to Warsaw and see the capital has really changing for the last years rapidly. Then I would be thinking about Torun. This is a city where, uh, well, we have the gingerbread that is very famous, and also the, Copern the Copernicus was born there. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I extremely recommend going to the sea, to the seaside, and seeing our beaches, because, I mean, our seaside is very beautiful. We have golden sand and quite a nice water as well so interesting interesting and so do you do you, if you go for a vacation out of warsaw where would you normally go do you go somewhere else in europe or somewhere within poland that actually depends on a situation so i love going to the seaside as said um so like you know that like two kinds of people you can split us into two kinds and mostly everything like one those who love mountains the others who love sea so like i'm the person who loves sea but speaking about holidays, right now, as I have children, we mostly, mostly always choose um, a destination abroad where we have this guarantee of a good weather, warm weather and warm water. So it's usually somewhere more to the south of the Europe, like Spain or Italy or... Like Spain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. So you said you had family. Tell me a bit about your family. Well... That's just regular family, like two plus two, two boys <laughs> and us two. Wow. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're like seven and five and extremely 
equipped with power and energy. So it's kind of a struggle to survive on just 70 square meters. But we recently just bought them the um, ladder, ladder, ladder. Yeah, the one that they can climb on. So they have no place to just um, consume their energy and it it really works. <laughs> it really works well. That was a good, good good buy. So, you know, we've been in lockdown now for some weeks with this COVID-19. What's that been like for you? It's actually nothing new because I'm working remotely for over four, four years. I've been five years. So it's it's not that something I've never been done before. I have my own office. It's like two blocks away from my flat. So even under this lockdown, I'm allowed to go to work. It's just a regular, um, just a regular travel to work. And so, so I have this, this comfort, comfort to work from this, my small office. I'm here alone. There is no one else apart from me. And I actually, I'm not actually meeting anyone on my way to the, to the office. So that's really secure and, and, and that's fine. But what is different because of this lockdown is the whole situation about the community and our, activities as the community leaders as well we have to call us this way this well this way like the, the MVPs and so I'm trying to do our my best to anyhow engage with the community but I really miss a lot those in-person activities in-person conferences where we are able to not if, not only join with our friends from from the community with other MVPs, but as well with the just regular attendees that usually have a lot of questions to us. Do you think that's going to change anytime soon? Like, you know, we've, we've gone from a time when there's been, you know, lots of Saturday events, there's been lots of, you know, you've got user groups, you've got conferences. Um, and, and, you know, what do you think the, the outlook of this is going to be in the next uh, probably 18 months? Well, that's a good question. So first of all, you are aware as, as, um, as myself that Microsoft already um, announced the position that they're going to shift or move all these in-person conferences to online for the next 18 months. And I, I honestly don't believe that we will have any big conferences this year at all. So, I mean... I really gonna cry a lot about like European, uh, sorry, European collaboration summit or um, the SharePoint conference that we also going to have in, in Poland, uh, sorry, in Europe. And I just somehow don't believe that this will really take place in person this year. And also this density and intensiveness of other activities like those meetups, as you mentioned, this is something that will be. I believe that the, conf that the governments and countries, they will somehow try to regulate it, this on their own. Maybe those small meetups for like 50 people, they will take place. But the bigger events, this is going to take, I think, at least 10 months or 12 months to somehow back to, to this normal situation. And that's something that we've been talking about um, within the group of, uh, of the organizers of SharePoint Warsaw. We already did an online event on third of March. Sorry, third of April. I just missed the numbers. And we're also thinking about doing the in-person event in September. But we already started a discussion that what if we are not allowed? What if the Polish government will not allow us to do, to do this in person? Like how to interact with the community? What other ways of doing these online events can we propose to make those more interactive? How can we as well engage sponsors so that so that 
don't let them think that because this is um, online, this costs zero, but what we can offer in return for their money. So how can we change our thinking about those online events to make them, apart from all those difficulties, still engaging and interactive and interesting for the community? You know, a lot of you know the scientists and stuff are saying is that until we have a vaccine, things are not going to get sorted out in that respect. In other words, there's always going to be risk um, of, of, of you know contracting this. So, if that's the situation, and we now let's say the next eighteen months is only virtual events, and and it's interesting that you say that. How you know can you pay you know charge for a virtual event and but you've still got costs to incur, right? We're not all Microsoft that can you know absorb the cost and just put it under a heading of marketing for example or, or take the marketing budget how do you how do we as a community run effective events well, i mean i know you've got some experience in in that space um tell us about what you've learned so far so our our um fourth of april sps warsaw was meant to be the fifth anniversary so we were really planning a lot of activities around that and then this whole situation breaked out and we didn't gave up. Sorry, we didn't give up. So, so we still, we are still in a position that, okay, so we were already communicating this event is going to take place. So let's make it virtual. And that was kind of a quick hit because we decided like three weeks before the actual date. Uh, so we moved this, uh, this event from Saturday to Friday because Friday is usually a day where most of the employees are working a little less intensively. It's also a day where probably most of people are taking some trainings as well. So we picked a Friday and we decided to make this in teams, but not to make this a streamcast. I mean, to, not to stream it actually, but to do it in a regular uh, meeting approach so that all the attendees will still have this opportunity to interact, to ask questions, to, I mean, to ask them both verbally and then written to even share their desktop if they want to show something. So to have this, this interaction at the highest possible level. And so we're not really counting on having more than 250 attendees per session. And it worked. So we didn't have that much, we didn't have that much uh, attendees. We created a separate session per each, uh, per each, sorry, a separate meeting per each session. So that way it was also then easier to collect the recordings and, and then to create the recordings for YouTube. And when I, I was just reviewing the uh, the survey just minutes before the, the call, and we have a very positive feedback uh, around the conference organization um, about this interactivity that we are really hoping to to give the people as much as as possible. So, speaking about the future events, I would really think about Teams as a platform. I'm I'm really hoping to have a lot of new updates from Teams in the following days. Like we already had that we're going to have this nine on nine grid and uh, by the end of April, um, I'm really hoping for some sort of uh, like uh, breakout rooms or whatever else that can be given so that we will be able to create this experience of, of a lobby and then rooms where users just can go and, and watch the sessions. Um, and also <laughs> for the end of the event, we did the virtual SharePoint. So we somehow turned off the recording and invited everyone to just grab their own favorite beverages and join for a free, yeah, free chat. 
So uh, uh, did you say it was a virtual share pint? Yeah, that was a virtual share I pint. Love I love it. I love <laughs> and then, it. And Excellent. Yeah, for the, for the next events, as, as speaking about the, the sponsors, we are also thinking about, well, doing those virtual sponsor sponsor sessions and maybe to just give them the full day of a session where anyone can join and just interact with them as a sponsor to ask the questions about the products and so on. Um. So okay, so so let let me let me let me just pause on that one because I'm interested here in your thinking because um, <clears throat> a lot of people are asking, you know, what happens to sponsors in this new world? You know, there's not going to be an ex- exhibition space for them. So just tell me, how do you see the virtual sponsor uh, running? What like walk me through the logistics of it? Well, I can't unveil everything because that's kind of a just a draft thinking, draft, draft ideas. But, well, you know, a lot of things that you were able to do in this in-person events, like giving them uh, a roll-up in every breakout room or to give them the breakout session or to give them the opportunity to interact with attendees, that's actually possible even with the virtual approach. But what we are thinking of is just how to, um, like how to motivate or how to stimulate the attendees to actually go to this dedicated session for the sponsors and interact with them. And well, I do have ideas around doing like a virtual raffle as well. So there are ways to, to, to also well, encourage people just to, to go and ask questions to sponsors and then sponsors would be able to give them something in return for the interaction. I, I have ideas how to how to make it, so I just have to polish them and make them real life. If you're looking for a structured way to enhance your career in Dynamics 365 and the Power Platform, this is for you. Enrollment for the 90-day mentoring challenge April to June cohort are now open. I discovered MSCRM in 2003 and it changed the course of my life. My career in Dynamics 365 and the Power Platform has taken me all over the world and the opportunities for people to build a career in the space today are better than ever. The 90-Day Mentoring Challenge will help you chart a path to capitalize on these opportunities and build the skills for greatness. Find out more at ako.nz365guy.com. For the first time, I'm limiting space on this cohort for a more intimate experience. So if you want to be part of it, don't wait. Enrollment will close on the 25th of March. Podcast listeners can use the code PODCAST for a 10% discount at checkout. I'm, I'm quickly writing notes. I'm quickly writing notes because this will help me kind of, you know, feel, you know, feel my way through how, how this can all work as well. Yeah, it's like I started a small think tank uh, with the group of the, with the closest friends from the community on what we can actually do to make those events more interactive and more more engaging. So like one of the friends suggested, hey, maybe we should do the next conference on Minecraft. Minecraft. <laughs> so maybe 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 Minecraft yeah. <laughs> as a platform. So just just jumping back to the sessions that you've run and you said you didn't use Microsoft Sorry, you didn't use the live functionality of Teams. You just used the normal meeting functionality, which, if I remember right, has 250 attendee maximum today, attendance, yes, right? Today, yes, it has 250. Yeah. And, of course, four people, four videos can be on screen at once with um, with the intention shortly coming out, nine potential videos, or, or you can see people. Now, how did you facilitate the kind of 
switching between your presenters in those sessions, making sure that uh, questions were answered. Did you let people just come off mute and ask questions at a particular point? How did you manage all the chat that would be going on at the same time as well? Right. So there were there was um, there was one moderator per each session, and our role as the moderators was to monitor the the chat and then to ask questions from the chat to the presenters in the proper times, like when they were doing the gaps or I also, um, so like we also asked the presenters to, to make those gaps and to as well ask the community, ask the attendees if there are any questions so that if they were doing the session normally in the, in the breakout room. So just, just follow the same, the same, the same advice, the same like behavior and steps, just make gaps, ask, ask if there are any questions, answer the questions. And then if there were questions on the chat, we we're the ones who were asking them. Uh, and also we were responsible for muting attendees if they were joining unmuted or if they accidentally unmuted themselves and just doing this echo or, or a noise in the background. And it, it really works. Like one person, one, one moderator per each session was, was very enough. We had, we had uh, at a peak moment, I think like 60 attendees per session we had just two tracks, so we are still able to manage them in parallel. Um, but then if, if you have more tracks, if you have you know, bigger, bigger session, bigger, so bigger conference, you just need to gather a bigger team of moderators just, just, to, just to manage each uh, session separately. And actually, I was thinking that, hey, that what, what, what's the difference? I, I mean, so what, what, sorry, what is the difficulty to just make an online event, I would have a lot of time to work in the same time as a, as a conference is going on. But in the end, it turned out it was not actually possible. So I spent a whole day on these sessions um, just to do this moderation, to turn on recording, turn off recording, ask questions from the chat. And actually, I was not able to work at all that day. And I and I think I spent more time with the speakers and during the sessions as if I had uh, when this conference was in person, <laughs> to be honest. Did you have any any drama or any problems with, with, for example, you know, in Skype for Business, there used to be this functionality that you could upload your presentation before the meeting starts. So let's say your PowerPoint was 200 megabytes in size. You could upload it and then present that PowerPoint. Uh, and it's really coming from the Skype for Business server. Um, and therefore, it's a very good experience for the end users. Currently, that functionality doesn't seem to be in Teams. Is that right? Do you still just need to present your desktop or present the app? And, um, you know, if it... Yeah, so there is an option to mm -hmm, present the PowerPoint as well. But to be honest, I don't know if this is just the PowerPoint presented from your computer with some enhanced functionalities. Or is it uploaded uh, to, to Teams server? That's something I don't know, actually. Yeah, yeah. One of, one of the other dramas I had last year, I presented on Teams um, to different user groups around the world. And I had embedded video in my PowerPoint presentation, right? So I actually embedded video in there where I'd interviewed some people and the audio didn't get didn't come through to the, the attendees. So... Our biggest concern was that just before the conference, there were reported continuous issues um, about the recording of the of the Teams meeting when there was a content presented. So the users were complaining that 
although the grid is being recorded, the presented content is not. So that was our biggest concern at A, because we wanted to record the sessions and then share them via the YouTube. But in the end, it turned out that everything is working smooth. So that was fine. But so that's speaking about that issue that you had. So we also had um, a recording with Jeff Tepper, Tipper recorded beforehand. Uh, it was like an invitation for attendees. And we ask uh, presenters to play it before their sessions. And the audio was just a matter of configuration so that there is a small tick box or just a switch in, in uh, the settings of the teams to play audio from your computer. So then this being played over the teams. But the problem was with the, with the vision so that I don't know what kind of, 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 of connection, of internet connection you should have to really play that video smoothly. But uh, that just wasn't working. So we asked attendees just to watch that video on their, on their hand on their side and that that didn't work so playing videos on teams is not the best idea yeah 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 that that's where i thought if you could upload it to the server first right if you could upload it to the team's server first perhaps it'd get a better streaming experience if it came from there rather than you know coming off my local computer out to you know 200 uh 250 odd attendees that's possible yeah mm, mm. okay well, look at this. We've gone through our time already just talking about conferences and events. Just quickly tell me, you know, your area of expertise when it comes to all things uh, MVP, uh, uh, what's Flow, Power Apps, or Power Automate, Power Apps, what else? Well, it's basically just a power platform. So it's Power Virtual Agents, it's UI Flows, Power Automate, Power, power Apps, all these things that are under the same brand. So I, I'm not really specializing in any any tool the most i think maybe but did but didn't you come from a like an in-text background an in-text background yes i do have an in-text background so that what i what i wanted to say so that so maybe something that i really specialize the most is for automate and, and ui flows right mm -hmm, now mm -hmm. but actually I'm, I'm just trying to cover the whole platform topics yeah 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 so you you became an mvp what last november was it it was last november yes What's the best thing about being an MVP in your in your mind? Actually, an access to the knowledge. So that's something I was really missing. But with being MVP, you have access to uh, those N under NDA information, PGI calls. And also what I value the most is the possibility to actually just talk with any Microsoft employee over the Teams. That's a huge benefit because anytime I have an issue, I'm just able to find the right product uh, group manager or uh, a developer or someone and just write directly on teams and that's a very fast communication and helps to solve issues very fast as well i like it i like it okay this has been great we're, we're coming up on our 25 minute mark one of the things um, i always like to do is run through some quick fire questions this is not relating to being an mvp or anything like that and uh and if you don't know the answer or can't think of an answer you can just say pass but uh are you ready all right let's try that Okay, what show on Netflix do you binge watch? Uh, lately, it's been oh, this one with Amador. Uh, oh, uh, not Amador. <laughs> about about not the, Tiger King. Not, no, not Tiger. King. I just watched one one uh, episode, and that was enough. Yeah, same here. Narcos, <laughs> Narcos Mexico. That was the one. I was just ah, yes, yes, very good, very good. Okay, what was the first concert you ever attended? 
Um, it was a jazz concert, just a camera one, small mm-hmm. one. I've never been to a huge mm, concert, nice. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Would you rather give up your smartphone or your computer? Uh, computer. <laughs> mm, okay, okay. If you could never work again for the rest of your life, what would you spend your time doing? Um, I was thinking about collecting olives and, and just having a, a herd of goats. Nice. nice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I like goats too. Goats are uh, incredible creatures. Um, have you ever been told you look like someone famous? Yeah, I've been told I look like Jim Carrey or maybe more, oh, wow. or maybe more act like him. <laughs> <laughs> What's the hardest decision you've ever had to make? I can't think about any of at the moment. Mm-hmm. Ah, so this must have been the hardest decision. Okay, Thomas, it's been great to have you on the show. Actually, before you go, how do you pronounce your last name? Um, it's uh, it's Poshitek. Excellent, excellent. Thomas, it's been great having you on the show. If people want to follow what you're doing in, on the social media side of things, where can they find you? Well, they can find me on Twitter is the first place. I also run a blog. And I'm only kidding, but actually Twitter is the first, let's say, yeah, tool of contact. Hey, thanks again for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show and learned a little bit about perhaps running virtual events as well as Thomas's history. If you would like to be part of the 90-Day Mentoring Challenge or if you've not heard of the 90-Day Mentoring Challenge, it's a free program that I run every year for a 90-day period. You can find it at nz365guy.com forward slash 90dayMC or just go to the website and click under the heading of Mentoring. Full show notes for this episode can be found at nz365guy.com forward slash 203. See you next week. Before you go, a quick reminder that the 90-Day Mentoring Challenge kicks off on the 1st of April. Every cohort, I hear people say that surely this group has been the best one ever. The true magic of the 90-Day Mentoring Challenge is the connections formed between a group of people who are committed to learning with and from each other. Will you be part of the best cohort yet? Use the code PODCAST for 10% off at checkout. Visit ako.nz365guy.com to see a detailed curriculum and hear what past participants have to say about the challenge. I can't wait to help you discover the unique value you bring to the community and just how far you can take your career.